0: You can grab a seat. So good. You know, one of the things I love about our church, I love a lot about our church. Uh, I really do. And you need to know that I'm not talking necessarily about the organization. I'm talking about you. Uh, I love you guys. Love what God is doing in every one of your lives. But in particular this morning, I just... You know, I get, I get here early enough to see set up and, and people buzzing around and, you know, we have some incredible prayer happening prior to the service now, which is amazing. But one of the things that struck me this morning is the amount of young people that are stepping into spaces and saying, you know what, I'm a part of this. You know, sometimes we think that, that our young people, you know, oh, they should, they should head off. And, and I love kids ministry. You better believe it. It is instilling in our children the truth about Jesus. And Scripture says when we raise them up in the ways of the law, when they are older, they will not depart from it. And maybe you're a parent hanging on to that verse this morning. Let me tell you, it's, it's good. That verse is good. You can hang on to that thing. But then there is a reality that our young people are as much a part of this house. And I look around and you know, Max bringing out my water this morning, it's awesome. We got people on cameras, we got people on the sound desk, we got people who are, who are learning how to be incredible bricks and pillars in the house of God in the next few years. And I just, they're not all around, they won't all hear you, but can we give them a round of applause this morning? Come on. God is into generations. God is into generations in a big way. He makes promises and he fulfills them, often generations later. And as parents, and if you're not a parent in this place, you can write this down, you can tuck this away from when you are, for where you are. But as parents, I believe one of the greatest things we can do is ask God to show us what promises he is going to bring to pass in the lives of our kids that we're praying about and then go to work to speak it over them. Go to work to see it in them and call stuff out of them. Don't wait for someone to, to someone else in kids ministry or, or, or in our amazing youth ministry. Don't wait for that point for them to know that there's a call of God on their life. Speak it into existence. Find out what gifts, what talents God's put in their life and go, you're amazing at that. Yeah. You know what? That's from God. God's put that in you because He knows that you're going to bring glory to Him in how you use that. That's such a privilege. Excuse me. I want to welcome you this morning. If you're visiting with us, thank you for being here. Please get your phone out, scan that Connect card uh, so that we can know uh, how how we can contact you, how we can let you know what's happening um, in in the life of this incredible community. Uh, Also, want to welcome our online service. Hey, guys, you are amazing. Love, I love you. When I say I love the church, you're the church. I love you. And I love Cam's broken ribs, even though I give him a hard time about it. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll just we'll be praying that God will uh, bring a healing to those ribs that you can get back on the AFL field, ASAP. All right, a couple of things. Firstly, internship. How good was that? What a celebration I want, to, I want to address a myth for a, for a split second because we can fall into the thinking that internship is, is just for those people looking for a gap year in between school and career and, and yes, traditionally, that has been a space. But I want to talk to those of you who maybe are stepping out of a career, I wanna to talk to those of you who are just seeing your kids start to move into, and we're almost at that place, which is amazing, right? Like when all of your kids are all in care. <laughs> we, like school or preschool, and, and, and maybe you've been a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad over that journey, but now you've got time. Why not you? Why not you? Why don't you take that time? Retirement, oh, it's great, you know, like, I don't know about it, but I hear it's good. <laughs> why retire from pursuing yeah. God and relationship with Him? Come on. Why does it have to be for young people? I mean, I'm all about that. Like, come on. Love having young people do our internship. But why is it for them? We are a multi-generation church, which means we see value on every generation and what they bring. We're not all teenagers anymore. We don't all have that same level of energy, that same metabolism we had when we were 22, amen. We shift, our purpose in the community shifts But that doesn't mean that the community doesn't have a space and a place for you to pursue what God has on your life and become a contributor to the community. Can I tell you who has the gift of encouragement more than anyone else? Those of you who have walked for longer than anyone else. You have a capacity to bring wisdom and encouragement into the lives of us who are journeying in a space we've never been before. Please don't be quiet. It's a little, anyway, I'm going to let that sit. I have a feeling some of you are going to be speaking to Pastor Mel after the service. The other thing I really wanted to do before I open up God's Word this morning is I wanted to to let you know, some of you may know, some of you might not, but uh, Dave Stevo, who uh, is an amazing member of our our family, uh, also heads up YWAM in the area. Uh, We had him up. Two weeks, two weeks ago, I think. I think it was two weeks ago, prophesying over him and Carrie. It was awesome. Uh, he sent me a text in, in, in the week and he said, it was, it was a pretty random text actually. He goes, just letting you know, I'm, I'm off to Ukraine. Uh, so he, he has flown out. Um, and he's, he's gone uh, to a YWAM base on the border of Poland and Ukraine to help uh, those that are trying to leave the country to transition over the border. Uh, and he sent me a text this morning. Um, and I said to him, please send me some stuff so I can update our church so we can be praying for you while you're over there so that our church has a feeling like even through what he is doing, uh, we are contributing. But he said this, he said, arrived last night, We spent the first afternoon at the Polish-Ukrainian border. Uh, they're staying at the at their center there that is pronounced a particular way. I'm not going to try but it's on the longest road in the world," he said. "There's one hour uh, from the border, the busiest Ukraine-Polish border crossing." Uh, he said, as crazy, it's crazy as TV crews everywhere." Um, he said uh, he sent me through some photos, which we might try to distribute. I don't know if we're able to, but we'll see. He said, "People are arriving in minus one to minus three weather conditions, just just carrying just just a suitcase or just a bag." Uh, but he said, "You know." We'll keep updates going. I just wanted to let you know that that is what people in our community are doing so that you can be praying for them, uplifting them. So if you could be praying for Dave, if you could be praying for his family, um, his daughter Abby, who, who helps to facilitate our kids' ministry, uh, they're an incredible family and he's doing an incredible thing over there. So let's be praying for him uh, as we think about it. All right, let's get into the Word of God. I am super excited for this morning and I'm going to go into, uh, I'm going to preach a, a non-series related message. This is exciting for a preacher. It probably means nothing to you, but it's exciting for a preacher. Uh, it's where we get to, to kind of dig into some other aspects of what God's been speaking to us about individually. And I thought Pastor Jez did a phenomenal job last week. Um, if you were here, I know that you would have felt like God spoke to you. Uh, If you weren't here, go back, get on YouTube while you're there, subscribe so you get a notification every time a new message or something goes up and sit and watch it. Take the time to invest in your relationship with Jesus. But this morning we're going to read from 2 Kings chapter 6. Starting at verse 1, going to verse 7. It says this, 2 Kings chapter 6. One day, the group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, as you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. If you feel like you want to take that as a prophetic word over our church, you go for it. Let's go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs and there we can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told them. Go ahead. Please come with us, someone suggested. I will, he said. And so he went with them. And when they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried. It was borrowed axe. Singing of the times I borrowed stuff and lost it. (laughs) Where did it fall? The man of God asked. And when he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at that spot. And then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elisha said. And the man reached out and grabbed it. It's a pretty cool story, pretty miraculous, pretty amazing. Uh, Let's pray. Father, this morning, we wanna thank you for your word. We wanna thank you that it is one of the ways that you speak to us that you shape us, that you mold us. And so, Father, this morning, I pray that we would be open to what your Holy Spirit is saying. Thank you that you love us so much. In Jesus' name, amen. So I don't know if you've ever lost anything. Uh, Chances are pretty high. Um, most people don't have a batting average of 100 when it comes to uh, never losing any single thing in their life Some of us have lost more significant things than others Okay, um, Gentlemen, how many of you have lost a wedding ring? Couple, we got a couple, thank you I, I once lost my wedding ring, although I would like to kind of justify that it was not my fault you can, you can take this up with my wife after the service, but we were on a, a little getaway. It was just after Addison was born, and it was kind of like our first uh, getaway as a young family. Who knows that that is the time in which expectations are wildly adjusted uh, from the expectations of a getaway pre-kids to an expectation of a getaway with kids. They're both great, but they're different. Um, and... You know, I was still in the process of adjusting my expectations and I'm like, I can totally still just go for a swim at the beach, not a problem. And, uh, and so Rach had Addison on the sand and, um, and I was like, you know what? I'm ultra cautious with my wedding ring. Like I will take it off if I'm ever going to the beach uh, and I'm there quite often, but if I'm ever going for a surf or anything, it always comes off, I don't wanna lose it. So so I took it off and, and I, I said to Rach, I said, I'm putting my wedding ring right here. Felt like that was very clear instructions at the time. Felt like I'd laid it out clearly. I have since learned that for a mum, the, the, the focus is, is is so ingrained towards their child that unless you have eye-to-eye contact, the information probably hasn't translated. I didn't know that then. I, didn't, I, didn't, I was oblivious. None of our older generation had warned me that that, that was going to be a, and so, and so unbeknownst to me, Rach had not heard that instruction at all. I felt it was clear she hadn't heard, right? That's the story of most conflicted marriage. But, but I'm like, this is great. Oh, I'm enjoying the water. I'm in there like 10, 15 minutes. Ivan came in, grabbed Addie, took him out. He got hypothermia, but that's another story. <laughs> We're having a great time out in the water. I come back in. I'm like, oh, I'm getting dry. Oh, babe, where's my wedding ring? She goes, what? Where's, where's my wedding ring? What do you mean? I'm like, like you, I took it off and I, I put it. I put it here and I said you, babe, I'm putting my wedding ring here. And now it's not here. Where's my, where's my wedding ring? <clears throat> and she's like, I, what do you mean? You didn't say that. Like, this is like, this is the learning experience. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I did say that, you know. And, and who knows that in sand, things just disappear like like when you throw something in the sand like a gold ring it it has gone like it's totally gone and i'm like well I'll, I'll go back i'll go i'll retrace my steps Whose parent ever who ever said that mom where's my school shoes just go and retrace your steps right oh, no no i don't know where my school bag go and retrace your steps and it's always it's always right near the door where you dumped it off your shoulder teenagers when you you know Anyway, long story short, I began like sifting through the sand, right? I'm like, I'm like scooping it up and I'm like trying to make like a, like a, a mesh through my fingers and I'm sifting it. And, and, and I'm praying, I'm like, Jesus, help, you know. Unbelievably, I, I found it again, right? Like I, I found my wedding ring, which is, which is amazing. I was very happy because it's a very special one. We had, it, we had it sort of made and had some... Um, some significant stones in it and things like that. So I was pumped. I was like, this is unbelievable. No one finds a wedding ring when they find it in the sand. But felt like I should tell you that story this morning because it relates a lot to the story we read, right? Where, where a guy who, who's chopping down trees loses an axe head. And, and, and Elisha, has this this response to him which is very similar to the response that my mum used to say to me that came flooding through my mind in that moment that I realised we had, we had, right? Let's see, I've matured in marriage. We had misplaced my wedding ring. Come on. That'll help some people. And Elisha said, go back to where you lost it. Go back to where you lost it. Retrace your steps. Go back to the place where you last remember seeing it. I love, I love our office manager, Joy, who is an amazing member of our staff. She, she has this trick, right, so you don't forget stuff. She puts her car keys in the fridge next to whatever it is that you need to take home right? Because I was always leaving stuff in the fridge. Rachel would be like, hey, can you take the shopping home? And I would get home and the milk would still be at work. And, and, and Joe would be like, put your car keys there because you will naturally go, oh, where are my car keys? And then, and then anyway, but I, I don't know if you've ever lost anything, right? Have you lost your car keys somewhere? I am constantly, Rachel will tell you, I am constantly losing my wireless earbuds, like all the time, and to the point where it is now like she just shakes her head at me when I'm like, oh, babe, I can't find them. She's like, again. But I don't know if you've lost like a piece of clothing or, or, or your wallet, right? Not that we really need them these days. Like I often will go out now and I'm like, oh, I didn't even bring it. I don't even need it. Parents, how about, how about where your kids have lost the library book? Yep, right? Or, or this is a classic. They come home and the school hat, that you gave them at the beginning of the day, it's, it's just not there. Where's your hat? I, I don't know. How, how can you, it was on your head and, and now it's not on any part of you or in, where, where did it go? Or the school jumper, right? The, those things are made out of invisible fabric, I think. And, and, and when you put them on your child, the electromagnetic field of your child switches on the invisibility of the fabric and it just disappears. I think schools deliberately do that, so you have to buy lots of them. <laughs> or like, or, or how a sock can disappear from the dirty washing basket to, to the clean washing basket. It went in there it's, and it's meant to come out here and somewhere along the line, a sock is just, it's no longer there. I don't know what happens to them, right? But those things are a little bit trivial, right? Like you lose your car when you're Christmas shopping in the car park. Like, I'm sure I parked on level G. Like, or if you've been to Ikea and you try to deliberately lose your car, so you have to put some of the stuff back. I don't know, maybe that's just me. What do, you, what do you do when you do that, right? You go through this process of, okay, I'm going to go back to the place where I lost it. I'm going to go I'm going to, I'm going to go I'm going to try to remember familiar I hate that word things that I remember about the space. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to remember what color was the car park? Was it yellow? I think it was yellow. But what happens when you lose something a little more valuable? Maybe something that's a little less tangible because finding tangible things we're pretty good at that. We have some systems in place now, you know, like we're grown adults. We've learned how to, you know, maybe document. Maybe we've bought an Apple tag, right? And, uh, and, and so, you know, we can find whatever it is we're losing. But what happens when you lose passion for your job? What happens when you lose connection in your marriage? What happens when you lose a relationship with your kids going through teenage years? What happens when friendship, a really close friendship breaks down? What about, what about if, if, we, if we zoomed in on maybe the most valuable thing that we would say? What happens when you lose your relationship with Jesus? Some of you are like, I didn't know that could happen. Oh, that can happen. And I think that happens to more of us more often than maybe we're willing to admit. I wanna, I wanna walk through this passage because I feel this morning as though God wants to speak into that space. He wants to speak into the space of significant loss. He wants to speak into the space, not of the tangible things that we lose, but he wants to speak into the space of the intangible things, the, 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 the things that really are, are valuable. And so verse one and two, what, what we find in this scripture is, is we're introduced to the story with this group of prophets, men of God, right? So f- firstly, we've got a, these, 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 these men, they, they know God, they speak with God, they have relationship with God, right? Even if it's through the main prophet who is Elisha at the time, they're kind of his posse, they're kind of like the crew that's going with him. And, and, and so they're not like, this story is not a story of people who are not aware of God. The story is a story of people who are fully aware and fully know God. And it says, you know, it talks about, oh, as you can see, this place, this place is too small. We should build a bigger house. I love that, right? Like, how often do we celebrate great intentions for God, right? Like, their, their motive wasn't bad. They're like, we want to build a bigger place where we can meet together, how often is it that we, that we engage in something from the start point of this was a great thing, this was a good thing, even, even, even I would say so often it's this was a God thing. Like I don't know if, if you guys were like me, I spent a lot of time praying for my spouse. I spent a lot of time praying for her, believing that God would bring me just the right person. But that doesn't mean that once you're married, there's no difficult seasons. Right. It doesn't mean that suddenly your marriage is gonna be this upper echelon of amazing, uh, emotional. Or, uh, marriage is two people. And if you pray for God to bring your spouse, more often than not, he brings someone who is exactly opposite to you because he needs to compliment you, right? right. right. And, and that can be hard work sometimes. Right. There's times I still say to Rachel, I feel like I don't even know you. I mean, we've been married almost 13, 14 years. And some of you have been married 20, 30 years. But just because there's difficulty and and trial, it doesn't mean that that wasn't from God to begin with. And some of you have stepped into careers that you believe God opened that door. God absolutely opened that door. Some of you have stepped into serving in church. I believe every person has something to contribute to the gathered people of God, I really do, I believe every person has something to bring to this celebration on a Sunday, I really believe that. But you know what, most of the time we step into that space believing that God is is, is nudging us, saying, hey, step in, hey, bring your gift, hey, you can do that, why don't you do that? And you're like, you know what, I'm going to do that. And we start in the area of serving with the best intentions, trying to build something in life, right? We want it to be bigger and better and faster and stronger because that's what's instilled in us from the world, right? We get these success definitions from society and we bring it into the church. It's a different message, but... At no point in this story was the prophet doing something where he wasn't trying to build something better for God. And so there's no issue with motive, and so often in our lives, it's not, it's not as if we're outside of, of good motive. We're trying to build something better for God. We're trying to, we're trying to do something for the church that's gonna be great, it's gonna glorify God. I believe I'm stepping into this space in my career and I wanna do it and bring glory to God. That's awesome. And you know what? Most of the time, that's where most of us begin. And it's funny, right? Because the prophet asks the man of God, the prophet, right? That's that's the equivalent of him actually saying to God, right? Because in the Old Testament they didn't have one-on-one relationship and access like we do now, which is amazing. So he has gone to the man of God, and he's like, "Hey, can I do this? Is this good?" And so often we do the same. We, if we're talking to God, God, because you're like, "Should I do this? Should I should I marry this person? Should we start having kids?" And you hear no, and you're like, "That's a good word from God." Um, (Laughter) Sorry, I joke. I love my kids. Um, I really do. I love, I love having kids. They're amazing. It's just, those of us that are parents need to laugh every now and again. You know, and we, and we ask God about this and that and careers and, and all sorts of things. And that's, that's amazing. And, 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 you know, Elijah's like, yeah, go for it. Go for it. And so often God's like, go for it. That's a great idea. Love your idea. That's fantastic. Make the plan. Just let me direct the steps. But... Somewhere along the line, we have to realize that it's not at the start that we lose it. It's not at the start that we lose it. At the start, often, often everything's fantastic. First year of marriage, honeymoon stage, right? Like so often it's not at the start. But if we're honest, we can't really pinpoint when either. Like somewhere in verse 5. As one of them. Just as one of them was cutting down a tree. We don't know if it was the first tree, the second tree, the third tree, the eighth tree, the 25th tree. We don't know. Somewhere along the journey of them doing what they felt was building something for God, that they would say started with asking God whether they should step out and do this. Somewhere along that journey, the very thing they were supposed to be using to build it fell apart. The axe head, right? The very thing that had the capacity to cut through what they were using to build for the kingdom of God. The very, like that, that, that core, right? The core element. Somewhere in the journey, they lost it. So it flew off. Sunk in the water, not a, not a good thing, right? Heavy axe head, water. It's not like it's going to float by itself. It's gone, it's gone. And it says that the guy said, to Elisha, oh no, it's borrowed. Has anyone ever lost something that you borrowed? It's it's like way worse, right? It's like it's like way worse. It's not like I just lost. My hat. It's like I lost my friend's favorite hat. And you know, what we see in this scripture, in this passage, is is this idea of being borrowed adds an element of significance to what has been lost. And this is what I love about this passage, because it's not just a trivial thing, this is a significant thing. And for some of you this morning, it's a significant thing that has been lost And you don't know where it was lost. You just know that somewhere between starting what you felt was from God and where you are now, something has been lost. And Elisha says, where did it fall? Go back to where it fell. Maybe I could get our worship team just to come out for a second, because you know, the man points to the river. He's like Elijah. It's elisha. It's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. It's in the it's in the murkiness and the mess. I lost it somewhere in the murkiness and the mess of life. I lost it somewhere in the in the complications and in the complexity of, of my mind. I, I overthinking things. I, I don't I don't know exactly but I know I lost it in there somewhere somewhere in, in, in the busyness of wrestling with a career and serving, somewhere in, in that space. I don't know exactly where, but I know it was somewhere in there that I lost it, somewhere in between having child two and three. It just, it just, we just lost connection with each other, somewhere along that line. I don't really know, but I know it was there somewhere. And Elisha says, take me there, take me to that spot, take me to the place in your life where you lost it. At least be able this morning in front of God to acknowledge where it was in, in in context of your life that the significant thing that is in your mind right now was lost go back to that spot and then Elisha says he does this right he goes and cuts a stick he goes and cuts a stick and there's a lot you could preach about cutting a stick it's part of what they were cutting down You know, so go and get go and get a part of what you were doing, and restart there. You know, you could preach that. But you want to know what God began to speak to me about? Was another stick. Was another stick. It's a stick that we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks. A whole lot more. It's not the first time in Scripture. When God tells someone to get a stick, told Moses to get a stick, and he used that stick to bring incredible deliverance to the nation of Israel. And you know, that was a picture. That was a picture. That was a real thing, but it was also a picture. And then he told Moses in the desert when the Israelites were complaining about manna coming from heaven and oh, whoa, whoa, where's their filet mignon, right? And, and they all start whinging. So God lets snakes bite them, right? Like, who knows, our kids should hear that passage more about dinner time. You know like the food on the table. Let me tell you what happened to the Israelites when they were complaining about their food. And God says to Moses, hey, get a stick. Get a stick, make a bronze snake. Put it on the stick. Hold the stick. And every Israelite that looks at the stick, they're going to be free. They're going to be forgiven. Snakes are going to go away. Sticks are a big deal in Scripture. And Elisha goes and gets a stick. And he puts the stick in the place where what was lost was lost. And I couldn't help thinking about the stick that Jesus was nailed to. And I began to feel like God was saying, when you've lost something significant, you've got to go and get the cross and you've got to put it back in that place you have to go and get the cross. Some of you, you've lost connection in your marriage, but it's gonna begin with you getting the cross and putting it back in your life in the midst of your marriage because it's not a a cord of two strands is easily broken, but not three, right? It's God in the centre of your marriage that brings us strength and stability and capacity to move through. Some of you are struggling with relationship with your kids. You need to get the cross of Jesus and you need to bring that right back into the middle of that place where there is forgiveness and there there is there. Uh, uh, acceptance again. And some of you have lost your relationship with Jesus, even sitting in these seats, serving in this church somewhere along the way. You don't know where and you don't know how, but you lost it. You just lost relationship with Jesus. You're just going through the motions. You're wondering why you're not cutting down any trees because the axe head's in the bottom of the river no sharpness there's no you know why we need to bring the cross right into that place because on the cross Jesus experienced every single negative experience that we can have in this life anything that we have been through that would have contributed to us losing whatever it is that we've lost. You know, last week, Pastor Jez talked about bitterness, disappointment and hurt. It was awesome. And many people, even online, you began a journey of healing. But let's, let's remember, it's a journey. It's not one moment. And we, we need to keep bringing the cross of Christ into that space. If we, if we wanna heal, it's a step by step bringing Jesus, bringing the cross, bringing everything that He did on the cross into that space of our lives. Because you know what? On the cross, He was betrayed. On the cross, He was abandoned. On the cross, He was shamed. On the cross, He was exposed. On the cross, He was rejected. On the cross, He was wounded. On the cross, He was hurt. He was falsely accused. He was let down. He was treated unfairly. He suffered pain and suffering on our behalf. He was abused, disappointed, had His trust broken. He was ridiculed and ostracized. I'm telling you, there is nothing we walk through in this life that contributes to us losing these things of significance that Jesus did not experience on the cross and move through so that you could receive what is on the other side of the cross, which is acceptance and value and forgiveness. And I'm telling you, we've got to bring the cross into this space in our life and receive what's on the other side of it. He was shamed so we don't have to be. He was rejected so we could be accepted. It says that He became my sin so that I might become His righteousness. You're a new creation. You're redeemed. You have access to the very God of creation. validation and value. Every debt has been paid, every mistake forgiven. The cross is the moment the relationship with God was secured for eternity for you. And the moment that axe head rises, Elisha says, grab it. Grab it when there is a moment of opportunity right now for you to respond and for you to bring Jesus back into that place. Grab it. Don't sit back. Don't wait. When the miracle of the cross creates an opportunity for healing and restoration, don't sit back. Grab it grab a hold of it grab it with both hands grab it and hold on to it grab it the next day and the next day and the next day why do we think we graduate from the cross of Christ in our lives why do we think we get beyond needing to grab a hold of forgiveness every day grab a hold of mercy every day grab a hold of acceptance every day we don't graduate the cross of Christ it is our foundation and our forever Make it yours again. Make it yours again this morning. Whether it's for your marriage, your family, relationship with your kids, or whether it's about you and Jesus.